Well, we have heard from Vancouver's mayor, Ken Sim, holding a news conference yesterday talking about his plan to accelerate housing builds to make it easier to build certain types of housing, more density in some neighbourhoods, all of this to address the city's housing crisis. Uh, He talked about the seven items in the plan that would give clear direction to city staff to prioritize the construction of new housing in the city, as well also stepping up enforcement on short-term rentals, places such as Airbnb. Well, will this actually make a difference? Joining me now is Aaron Jasper, real estate agent with Royal LePage Sussex, and also somebody who's been involved in local and civic government. Aaron, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Jill. When you look at this plan, and uh, a lot of it was were things that we already knew uh, that uh, Mayor Ken Sim was was planning to do, uh, part of it, uh, his campaign promises. Uh, but looking at this plan, the seven action items, uh, making uh, villages more purpose-built rentals, uh, what do you see in this? As, as Is this a plan that could work? Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I applaud the mayor uh, for for coming out and speaking to this, that you're making this a priority because it, it is a priority. Um, we are really, I mean, every city, but Vancouver, I, I think is, like, I can see it firsthand. We are in a real jam here in terms of, of providing affordable housing. You know, the, the concern I have, and I, and I, I guess in terms of the, the points you listed, I think are great. Uh, the fact that we're trying to, there's a city that want to expedite, I think is good. You don't need more studies and, uh, you know, consultation, I think, uh, can really can really slow the process down. I, and I don't envy the mayor and council for, for some of the trade-offs that they may have to consider. You know, the obviously, if, if the mayor and council were going to go for higher density, but mostly condos, you know, the challenge is, you know, those, those condos, uh, would they be affordable? You know, um, probably 60% of those units at any kind of condo development would be purchased by investors, who in turn are going to go and rent them. Well, obviously, the the property owner wants to be able to, to charge as much rent as possible to cover their costs. So you can't blame them from that. But again, is that going to be an affordable option for someone who's looking to rent? Uh, not as much as someone who has the option of renting in a purpose-built rental building. Um, but there, there's some challenges. Uh, I know in the past, and I, I can't speak to sort of more current years, but in the past, to incentivize developers to get away from the condos to go more to purpose-built, there were some trade-offs, right? The, the development cost levies. These are the, the monies that would be used to do infrastructure, uh, utilities upgrades, infrastructure upgrades for those developments. Well, those would have been reduced or waived uh, as an incentive to a developer. Um, the community costs, uh, the community amenity contributions, right? The CACs, which are the monies that uh, go to and make improvements to pools, community centers, and parks. Well, often those were waived to incentivize the, the developer to ensure that a percentage of the units were, were affordable in terms of the rental amounts. So, from a perspective of, of, of more affordability, the purpose built is a way to go. But the trade-off is the city then almost uh, you know uh, puts themselves in a bind when it comes to the, the the badly needed infrastructure monies to to not only just maintain what we have, but to improve for the the growing population over the next several decades. Right, and that's certainly been one of the issues, even looking at infrastructure and who's going to pay for upgrades when it comes to water systems and sewers and, and all of those things that are desperately needed, especially if there is going to be all of this building. Yeah, you know, and I, as I, I, I used to live in the West End, and I can tell you uh, it's one of the densest neighborhoods in North America, and, you know, lots of families down there and, and doing the condo living. But it was a great place to live, you know, and yeah, it's a little different than living in a single-family neighborhood, but... 
the quality of life was no was no worse. Um, it's it's a different lifestyle, and and I think a lot of people, especially younger families just getting started, are are willing to to take on that lifestyle or are prepared to live in a condo or an apartment. And maybe you know whether it's a condo or an apartment, they're they're willing to do it. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, affordability is important. And, you know, people still want to be able to take their kids to swimming lessons. You know, they still want to be able to, the quality of life, we, we're going to build a, a fast track and build tons and tons of units, which we need desperately. But on that other side of the equation, how are we going to pay for the, the, the upgrades to the basic infrastructure, but also all of the, the important community amenities that, that are important to what really has, has lent Vancouver or made Vancouver such a, a wonderful place to live. Uh, there's been a lot of talk lately as well, also looking at, at cities that are really trying to build up, especially around transit centers and around transit stations and make it for people. So it's still, it's not going to be cheap, but maybe you can get into one of those condos or one of those units and maybe it only works if you don't need to have a vehicle because then you're you're living close to the transit station. And it also seems like there, there's a bit more support for building higher in those areas because it, it seems like there is so much much pushback when you try and put those bigger towers in places maybe that haven't had them in the past. Do you think is that part of, of the solution, what we should, we should be looking at? I think so. I think the mayor, mayor and council, I mean, I, I think back to conversations I had with, with my colleagues of mine that were on council, uh, Raymond Louie, Carrie Jang, a couple of good friends of mine, and, and many conversations of, and, and watching, watching the public hearings and, and the beating that the council would take from neighbours because uh, and we're, we're even necessarily talking towers where maybe they wanted to put in some stacked townhouses. You know, the Grandview Woodlands plan had to be watered down quite a bit from the original density. Like we're talking middle mile density and the neighbors were up in arms uh, that they didn't want to see so much density. So, you know, what are the trade-offs? I think this council has to be prepared. So there's going to be a lot of backlash, a lot of push, but again, for the greater good, um, that might be just the, the price they have to pay. But, you know, again, um, Affordability. I mean, I, I'm, I'm working with, I work with uh, lots of young couples getting started, working with a couple right now. Their budget is about $850,000. They want to buy a condo. And so really, if they're prepared, I've, I've taken them stuff that's, you know, maybe 10, 15 years old. That budget is going to get them maybe 750 square feet hmm. for, for them and their young family. And, and so, you know, there are, you know, I think trying to build uh, one fit, you know, something that is going to address everyone's needs is impossible. So we can if I have a mayor and council and he seems to be indicating, you know, looking at a spectrum of, of building types. So, yeah, maybe it's going to be some condos, maybe it's going to be some purpose built rental. Um, is there an opportunity for some non-market rental to be built? That I, I'm not too sure about. But then and the trade-offs. Again, I, I, I think we have to build quick. I think there has to be a lot of density. I think in neighborhoods that uh, it, they're really not going to be happy about it. But we really, we really do have no no option but to to fast track and to get the density in. But the question is, what is going to be built? Because that, if if we don't have, if we can't uh, rely on the CACs and the DLCs um, from from the upzoning, if we have to waive that, if the city has to waive those costs to incentivize builders to build the purpose built rental then the monies that are needed to upgrade the aquatic center and the parks and the pools, well, that's going to have to come from property taxes. So again, I, I don't envy the, the juggling act that, that mayor and council are going to have to, to address over the coming years.
No, uh, not not at all. Uh, when we talk about the the seven points, and one of those being the the twenty six village areas, and that would be to allow for the construction of a lot of the housing you've talked about, construction of townhouses, of multiplex buildings, mixed use, low rise buildings, uh, and and building those. Uh, I mean, even the, we've seen some of that uh, houses that maybe they've taken an older house and made it uh, two or three units in the house and a laneway house. Those are still units though that are going for more than a million dollars. It's not as though that's really addressing, I mean, sure, some people can afford that, but it's not like that by by doing, by bringing that level of density, it's really making it so we have this elusive, uh, affordable housing. Well, that's just it. Like, you, you know, it's more supply. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's, it's important, but is it, is it affordable supply? Um, you know, I, I remember being in a seminar a few years back, and I'm sure the numbers are greatly inflated, but a few years ago, we had a presentation and they said that our net immigration to the region was 40,000 a year. And, and this is going back a few years. So you have that many people growing into the air, coming into this area to settle. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a monumental task. And, you know, I think, yes, having like little village notes, I, again, I reflect on my time living in the West End, and it really did feel like a village. You know, you walked to the dry cleaners, you walked to the grocery store, you, you walked to the restaurant to meet your friends. We, you know, never used your car, except for if you had to venture out of the downtown. So if you could try to replicate some of that, but, you know, have, you know, in terms of affordability, is that, is that horse left the barn? And, uh, and what are the trade-offs? And so I think being as, as open and transparent about the trade-offs, I think, will be important. I think a lot of neighbors, neighborhoods are going to really be, uh, uh, what is the word, uh, a little uh, unpleased with, with some of the density that's gonna ha- that has to come into there. But I don't know, Jill, I, I, I worry that, uh, that, you know, with all of this, with the best of intentions, and I, and I believe the sincerity of, of our mayor in terms of pushing this uh, agenda forward, I'm just not convinced that it's, it's really going to address the affordability component. Right. And, and do you think the Broadway plan then is kind of the test case? I mean, it's going to take several years and it's, not, it's, going, it's going to be slow w- with all of that happening. But that is exactly what's going to be happening there is three-story three walk-ups, older buildings are going to be replaced in many cases with towers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I know I have a lot of good friends of mine that live in that part of the uh, in the city, and they're they're quite upset because it it inevitably is going to change the the neighborhood. Um, I know that when they did the West End plan, there was a lot of concern about trying to preserve as much of the current density as there is. And so, if you ever go into the West End, all the high density that was approved essentially was along Davie, along Alberni, and along Thurlow. So everything in that middle is kind of protected. You know, and so I, I don't know, if you, you know, again, everything's about trying to find the right balance. Um, but yes, I, I would say really allowing developers, we, we have to work with the private sector on this and we have to be able to, to the developers need to, to make a profit. They need, this is a business, right? And, and so they need to make the numbers work. And so in those trade-offs to make more affordable rental, again, we get back to, to square one. How do we then pay for all the infrastructure that we need? Because, you know, we, you guys have done many stories about the aging infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, our community centers, the pools, and all of that in Vancouver. That money has to come from somewhere. And, and that's, so, I don't know. I don't, uh, <laughs> like I said, I tip of the hat to Mayor and Council for taking it on because I think it has to happen. It has to happen quick. Uh, the density has to come in. But the devil's in the details. And, and there could be some serious trade-offs that, that uh, are coming down the road for for property owners, right? Uh, property taxes. Well, we will certainly continue talking about this, but we'll leave it there for today. Aaron, thank you so much for joining the show. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Jill. Thank you.
For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.